This is Dan Wilson Uncancelled. Let's go. The Outsider with Lawrence Fox and Harry Miller. And last year, we saw a rare victory for freedom of speech. Retired copper Harry won a landmark court case after the police warned him to, quote, check his thinking over tweets on transgender rights. Humberside Constabulary were compared to the Gestapo in the High Court after they turned up at Harry's workplace in January 2019 to warn him about his Twitter post, despite the fact... He hadn't broken the law. Judges ruled it breached his human rights and said his treatment could have a chilling effect on public debate. So now the vindicated Harry is determined to stop the same chilling censorship happening to anyone else and has teamed up with top actor turned Reclaim Party leader Lawrence Fox to launch a new project to stand up to woke laws. The Bad Law Project will target any institution deemed guilty of overt politicisation and will go after those that discriminate against individuals on the grounds of conscience, belief or lack of belief. Uh, the project launches tomorrow, but here's a taster. Don't miss with you two. I'm delighted to say Harry Miller and Lawrence Fox join me live now. So, Lawrence, was it partly Harry's case uh, that inspired you to launch this bad law project? Absolutely, Dan, and lovely to see you. It's, it's a David versus Goliath. Um, Harry, uh, a, an ordinary man, made a perfectly ordinary expression of freedom of speech and he was attacked by the enormous juggernaut of the establishment that we face all the time. So we sat down and we thought as a, a you know, politically originally and then apolitically afterwards, we thought Harry has made more difference to the laws in this country in one brutal three-year battle with the College of Policing than you could ever do in an election cycle. So our view is that um, the way that we're going to help and encourage other people to, to fight what is a very dangerous and painful battle to avoid being cancelled and, and, and unpersoned is that we, we want to, we're going to create a legal framework, an uncancelable legal framework for people who have had their lives deeply affected by cancel culture and um, our foundational institutions being deeply, deeply corrupted. And I, I take my hat off to Harry on a daily basis because of what he has been through. The process of what he experienced was the punishment. Well, and Harry, they sort of won't. messed with the wrong guy when it came to you, right? Because yeah, no, 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 I've got it on my arm. Yeah, I've got it tattooed on my arm. Toby Young called me the wrong guy, and I'm incredibly <laughs> proud of that because the fact of the matter is they did pick on the wrong guy because I'm, I'm an obstinate, bloody-minded sort of chap that knows the difference between right and wrong. And I instinctively knew that the police were acting way beyond the boundaries that they should have been uh, behaving. And I 
just could not sit back and let it happen. You know, people have had their arms and legs blown off fighting for freedom of speech, fighting for our basic British freedoms. So for me to suffer three years of heartache and risk losing my house, I suppose, as well as my sanity, uh, really, in the um, you know, it was a small price to pay. But having done that and having learned how to do it, what we want to do now is to stand stand there and operate and act on behalf of other members of the public who have been similarly similarly oppressed mm. by um, state institutions who act outside of their authority. And, and Lawrence, do you think that uh, this woke culture, or as Elon Musk describes it, the woke mind virus, is it seeping in to our legal system? It's infected every institution we have from uh, education. For example, I got an email uh, from my youngest son's school the other day. Uh, this is actually a more tragic story, but uh, saying we're going to teach our child, your child in PHSE that their gender identity may not correlate with their biological sex. Now, this is a novel non-majoritarian way of looking at things. So right the way from cradle to grave, we are looking at, at I don't even think we should call it woke. I think we should call it something else. And I don't know- Because you think it's is. more sinister? I think it's much more sinister and I think it's forces darker forces that are, that are working through our society. So we believe that the best way of approaching this situation, in the absence of being able to uh, get standards the Tory party, is to sit there and say, could you please, Mr Justice Knowles, Mr Justice Nicklin, whoever we're talking about, could you please clarify the law for us? Could you let us know what it is and isn't acceptable for us to say as citizens in this country so we can express ourselves freely? The most crucial and foundational aspect of our lives. One of the terribly sad, sad things, Dan, is that yeah. um, politicians, by and large, have let down the public and they've contracted out uh, the role of holding institutions to task. So individuals like myself, individuals like Lawrence, and now the Bad Law Project. And that says a lot about politicians. They've been, they've been behaving like cowards. And we're not cowards. We're many things, but we are certainly not cowards. But Lawrence, we've, we've seen it, haven't we, in high profile court cases where judges and juries too, uh, seem to be sympathetic to left-wing political causes and almost uh, are prepared to overrule laws as a result. I mean, I, I think about the Colston Five. Uh, I think about uh, that ridiculous judge who who told the eco-extremists, oh my God, you, you, you're, you're behind such a good cause that I want to join your cause when he failed to jail them for breaking the law. So it sort of works both ways, doesn't it? I, I think that the, the thing about the judiciary is that they are upholding the most central aspects of what we are as a society. So the, the, these ideologies that are, are permeating through every institution from National Health Service, education, the judiciary, the police force, the church, as you've seen with Calvin Robinson in the appallingly disgusting way the he has been treated. Um, it, it, these, these ideologies are not popular 
with the general public and via the ballot box. They're not. So what's happened is our cultural institutions have been captured. And for a society to function correctly, institutions need to uphold that. And what's happened is, because they can't get voted in, they've decided to rot us from within our institutions. And we yeah. go after them and we go to make sure that your average person in England who holds a standard view that women don't have penises can stand up and get on with their lives. And Harry, I guess... Uh, your point and the reason behind this bad law project is that it was very difficult for you to go through the process that you did, but you felt so strongly about it quite correctly. So you did go through that process, but I guess you want to make it easier for folk who are in a similar situation to you to have support, to have advice. You're going to potentially crowdfund for people in your position too. Yeah, absolutely. We've learned how to do it. Now, one of the great things that we have, we have an uncancellable a crowdfunding platform. So we saw what happened to the truckers in Canada. We saw what happened with Alison ba Bailey. Yeah. We saw what happened in Scotland with Marion Miller. Well, we've set up a crowd fund that is you're going to do it yourself? absolutely uncounselable. Once we great. take a case on, every fiver that you give, every tenner that you give, every hundred pounds that you give, it will not be sent back to you because we've bowed to some form of woke political pressure. We won't. We will use that money for precisely the purpose that you sent it. I love this man. That's a really sensible thing, though, Lawrence, isn't it? Because it was terrifying with the truckers in Canada, wasn't it? GoFundMe and everything. So, so, so everything you're doing, you don't have to rely on any big tech platform. No. No, we've been very careful to make sure that this is... Also, it's, I think it's quite important to say this has no leader. It has no manifesto. It has no agenda. All it has is a set of situations that people can get involved in or not. We're not, a, as a political party, we've been absolutely suppressed by the banking system. We actually had our bank account removed and withdrawn for no reason whatsoever uh, in previous weeks. So what we're saying is, instead of giving 25 pounds or five pounds or 100 pounds or two pounds to a political party, if you see someone suffering like a child who has been suspended from school for misgendering, uh, an absolute, a completely minority view for misgendering another child and, and being threatened by uh, the police and by his uh, staff members. If you want to get behind the case for us to defend a child or you want to get behind the case for us to stand up against the police over various things, they can come to you, you can. OK, great stuff. That's Lawrence Fox and Harry Miller of The Bad Law Project. Now it's time for Free Speech Champion, a member of the House of Lords, Claire Fox. And if you thought Britain was home to tolerance and civilised debate, this next clip might get you thinking. A Cine World manager in Bolton has been forced to apologise to a baying mob of Muslims who angrily protested new Islamic history film, The Lady of Heaven. So the £12 million movie depicts the life of Lady Fatima, one of the daughters of the Prophet Muhammad. But some, some um, Sunni Muslims accused the movie of being blasphemous and demanded it to be immediately axed. Watch. I am the manager of this cinema and I'm just confirming that this film is cancelled tonight. And, we are, and, and for the rest of this week, we will not be showing this film again. We will not, we will not be showing this film again. Well, what started there in Bolton is now disturbingly spread across the UK. Cineworld says it has pulled the movie 
from all its venues nationwide to, quote, ensure the safety of staff. And when you take a look at the threatening rhetoric of this next dude, you might understand why they made the call to give in to the cancel culture mob. Birmingham will not tolerate the disrespect of our prophet, peace be upon him, and there will be outcomes from your actions. You will have repercussions for your actions. We have been trained from birth that we must defend the honour of our prophet and we will lay our life on the line. Daily Telegraph columnist uh, and former Theresa May advisor Nick Timothy hit the nail on the head with his assessment of that chilling clip. He wrote... Uh, on camera, with no attempt to hide his identity, this man clearly threatened cinemas showing a film on the grounds that it is sensitive to Sunni Muslims. We don't have a blasphemy law in this country. We do have laws against making threats of violence. Why aren't they enforced? Well, Claire Fox with me now. And Claire, you say the decision to cancel this movie shows the creep of extra parliamentary blasphemy law is now censoring the arts. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what's most frightening. Um, what's happened is effectively a group of people have been able to stop a whole cinema chain, and I believe there's a second cinema chain that have just enhanced that they're also not showing the film, been able to stop the showing of a film. That is like the board of British censors on the basis that it's religiously offensive. And you have to consider that um, the language that we heard from the second person, of course, was very threatening. But the general discussion around this is that this film is offensive, it's disturbing. And where have we all heard that conversation before, Dan? You know, it didn't come out of the Koran, it came out of campus culture, the whole cancel culture uh, discussions that we've had around the issue of trans rights that I know that you've discussed a lot on the show. So what you've got here is a particular group using the mood of censoriousness around cancel culture to ensure that basically you can't blaspheme, according to them. Mm. Do you blame Cine World for giving in? Because they have said it, it's not about cancel culture, it's about the fact that we can't protect our staff from, from, from threats from the likes of that bloke. And actually, should the police be, be stepping up their action in order to make it safe for Cine World to show the movie? Well, that's obviously one aspect of it because it's, a, it's fairly obviously an intimidatory atmosphere and you could say that somebody should step up in and, and you've mentioned the police. But I do want to say that if you'd have actually shown the rest of the interview with that cinema manager, he actually said, we are a community cinema and we don't want to offend the sensitivities of local people. Mm. So I do blame Cineworld in that instance because, you know, they, they're playing to this idea that, oh, some p audiences don't like this and have said that they don't like it and so we won't show it. Now, can you imagine a situation Think of it where anybody can say, I've watched that film, I find it offensive, it offends my religion or my beliefs on this or my beliefs on that. You get your mates together, you go and show outside the cinema and you've effectively got mob rule when it comes to artistic freedom. That would be a catastrophe if it were expanded. And of course it sets a precedent. And on precedence, I think the fact that it was never properly dealt with that that teacher in Batley... Oh. He's still in hiding, frightened for his life, never returned to the school. The head teacher effectively got, threw him under the bus, as it were. So you say, well, there's a group of people outside demanding a teacher is dealt with. Let's blame them. 
But you can also say, why did the educational establishment allow that to happen? Why did the head teacher allow it to happen? And what's more important, why didn't part the Department for Education in that instance and now the DCMS when it comes to the arts, why aren't they all over these screens? Shouldn't be some minor backbench and house of lords like me having this conversation with you. It should be every politician from every party saying this is not on, we're not having this. We are a free society and we should be able to see what films we're able to see and, and not succumbing to this. This has got the added dimension, of course, that you know that if you get involved in this discussion, there's always the danger and people are frightened that they'll be accused of Islamophobia, just like people avoid saying a woman is a biological woman because they're frightened of being accused of transphobia. This way that there's a threat, not of physical violence, but of being labelled a bigot, if you actually stand up for free speech, I think is what we need to actually um, really confront and make sure that we become proper champions of free speech. But I'm shocked at how few people in the establishment, as it were, are making a big issue of this. I think it's absolutely chilling, and I think you're right to bring it back to the Batley teacher too. Of course, what a lot of people won't know about this movie, Claire, is that it is championed by certain parts of the Muslim community, you know, the Shia Muslim community in particular. Uh, I've read into the film over the past 48 hours. I haven't seen it, but I've read into it, and they have tried to be sensitive uh, of their portrayal of the daughter of Muhammad, so you don't actually see the daughter. She's shrouded in a black headdress for the entire time. So it it's, doesn't seem to me, Claire, like the filmmakers are even going out of their way to be purposely provocative. By the way, they absolutely have a right to do that, yeah, but I'm yeah. just trying to put some context around the film itself. Well, that's what I think it's important that people do understand that, Dan, because there is a danger of people saying the problem here is Islam. You know, the problem here are Muslims living in the UK. But that, that's why I wanted to emphasise that, first of all, um, the problem is broader than the issue of Muslims, because actually we have cancel culture in all spheres of life, right? It's got not restricted to this religion. But you're absolutely right, this is made by a Muslim. So what we've got here is a row between different theological aspects of Islam. That's what's so ironic about it. This, this would be like if, I don't know, the Presbyterians and the Catholics were having a row about a, a depiction of Jesus Christ or the mother of, you know, Our Lady or what have you, right? Tell I'm a Catholic, Our Lady, mm -hmm. uh, Mary. And if somebody said that's offensive and so on. And if that row went on, people would be bemused at different aspects of different Christian groups were having that argument, but they wouldn't close down a cinema. No. And a cinema chain wouldn't give into it. So the added element here is that you'll be accused of bigotry if you actually um, show the film. That's what the cinema are frightened of. I, I think it's very bad form. How can an art, ha you know, how can something that's dedicated to showing film get away with that? The reason why I want to always stress the broader context, though, is we're about to have through Parliament the online safety bill. Again, the, your programme has discussed it, but let's remember that in that there is a proposal to make lawful but harmful content the subject of censorship online. So it's very difficult to go and give a lecture to those Muslim uh, 
extremists, particular group of, of, of extremists outside the cinema, when they say, we find that disturbing, offensive, and we think it shouldn't be shown, when we've got a government who says it's all right to censor things that are legal but harmful, that uh, crowd outside the cinema would say, well, this is harmful to us. The government even say it would, all, they, all it needs to prove is psychological harm. That's effectively what these people are saying. They're well, saying yes, this offends us. That's what the Sunni Muslims in this case would say. No, it, it raises so many questions, and that's why I wanted to have you on on this, because you broke it down brilliantly. Free speech champion, independent member of the House of Lords, Claire Fox. Thank you so much. It's time now for US superstar journalist Megyn Kelly. Now, it wasn't so much that Harry and Meghan scuttled away from the Jubilee back to their kingdom of woke, but it was how they did it. With breathtaking hypocrisy, the same couple that lectured us that, you know, we need to do better about stopping or allowing things that are causing so much harm to so many of us, like air travel, and who recently even launched a campaign for sustainable travel with their company, Travelist. Well, they decided that this, this was their greenest ride home. A Bombardia Global 6000, summed up by one stunned royal commentator as a, quote, Russian oligarch kind of jet. Experts say it would have belched out 10 times more carbon than if they had practiced just an ounce of what they preach and taken a commercial flight. Well, at least their journey home in disgrace was comfortable, unlike the loud and angry booing they received as they left St. Paul's Cathedral. Kelly, there's a lot of reason to boo Harry and Meghan, right? When oh, they're telling us. Yeah. Anyway, you just go, Meghan. I just want to hear you on this. Just go. <laughs> I was just going to say that you know they were walking down those steps here and those boos going, oh, a bunch of racists. Racists everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> they will never come to terms with why the public has turned against them in your country and in mine. People can't stand them now because they realize they're a couple of frauds. Their environmentalism is a fraud. Their perpetual victimhood is a fraud. Their supposed need for privacy is a fraud. And like any frauds, if you spend enough time watching them, they expose themselves over time. The environmental thing is fun, though. I mean, I just went back just for kicks to look at, you know, what they they've said in the past. And as you point out, the the actual travelists, their eco-friendly tourism initiative in 2019 could be the worst. But she's been touting this since 2016 when she had her blog that nobody read. It's important that we never forget the well-being of our good old Mama Earth. What did Mama Earth think about your carbon footprint on your 13-passenger jet that had its own separate stateroom on the way home? Now, Dan, I will tell you, back in the Fox News days when we would go and do presidential debates or what have you, sometimes they would get private jets for you so you could get there and then you'd have to get back home to the studio, whatever. And I would travel with my assistant or my hair and makeup team, whatever. 
we we had like a little jet that had like six little seats. We'd be in there like, ah, ah. I'd much rather be in a commercial airplane. It's scary. They don't need, what do they need a 13 passenger jet for? Because they think they're important and they want the accoutrement to match. What do they need a $16 million mansion in Montecito for? Because they think they're important. They're royals. They're you know, Sussex Royal, and they want the surrounding environment to match. This is the same couple that made you and all of your viewers pay $50,000 for an environmentally friendly boiler when they moved into Frogmore Cottage, which the British taxpayers paid for. And they made you, the British people, pay for their vegan paints (laughs) for their cottage because they think you should pay for them to live in an environmentally friendly way while they then skulk off in their private jet, creating a bigger carbon footprint than the average British British citizen can ever hope to create in one's life. Point two, he has said it in the past, well, we offset it all. This is what they all say, all these environmental frauds. We offset it. And what that basically means is I paid some company enough money to plant enough trees to cover my carbon footprint, to cover the the cost to the environment of this jet. That's a fraud. All right. Most environmental groups will tell you that whole thing is a bunch of nonsense. Half these forests don't even exist. By the way, that happened to the Vatican. So it absolutely could have happened to these two. And I don't believe it in the first place. It's all just a shell game. They don't need to travel like that. Leonardo DiCaprio took a commercial airliner uh, to go to the environmental summit not long ago. These two can get on a commercial airline and sit in first class where they will shepherd them on before anybody gets on and they will shepherd them off before anybody gets off and be perfectly safe. It's about their egos. Yeah, it is. But the irony is, Megan, I don't give a damn if they want to catch a private jet. I've got lots of rich and famous friends who are prepared to pay for these things. I don't give a damn. Just never, ever tell me again how I should travel. Never do that again. Because you are the biggest hypocrites in the world and we should just block out their preaching. People are still listening to them on certain things. You know, like I still think that they have this platform because some people think they're in earnest, but the hypocrisy is totally rank. I agree with you. I know a lot of people who fly private, whatever. They don't lecture the rest of us on how we need to live. And then, by the way, these two to and fro everywhere you see them, they're getting out of Range Rovers. They're living in this huge mansion, which is not exactly environmentally friendly. So please just spare me. Maybe you should pick a different issue, right? Like pick one that's not as in your face uh, where you're not sincere on it. But like I said at the top, Dan, like look at them with their request for privacy. We really don't want to be in the news. But could you pose for a picture with our little baby, uh, Queen Elizabeth? That'd be so great. We could get it in Netflix. Thanks so much. Right? Like, what did you make of that, Megan? It was crazy. And then, by the way, did you see as well, Kate and William put out a cute picture of, of their Prince Louis, you know, who'd stolen all of the attention at the Platinum Jubilee. And literally yeah. within a few hours time, Harry and Meghan, they had to release their own picture of Lilibet, didn't they? Because it's all just a game to them. It's a PR battle and it's pathetic. But honestly, like the worst thing she's done in the past month, we haven't even touched on. Speaking of putting out inappropriate pictures, she went to Uvalde, Texas, the scene of a mass murder of children here in the United States. No one did that. Not a single celebrity saw the mass murder of children and thought this is a photo opportunity 
for me. Only Meghan Markle did. She couldn't go fly off and see her dad after his illness and his stroke. But she found time to fly to Uvalde. And the reason you know it was about PR is because she made sure she was photographed and in all the magazines back here as pays tribute to the fallen. You want to know how you pay tribute to the fallen in your prayers when you're speaking to the Lord in a donation to the organizations that will help these families pay for the funeral costs? And if you feel you must go to Uvalde, Texas, where you're naturally going to draw attention away from the families who are grieving, then you do it privately and you don't. Don't go anywhere near the actual memorial site where all the cameras are lined up and you know it. That dwarfs anything about her jet. She's got a Netflix show. We've talked about. She's got a Netflix show. She needs the content. I mean, I agree with you. It was sick, but she wants material. And that sums up this person. Mm-hmm. Do you think the booze are going to make their way into the Netflix? Um, the I, have Netflix a feeling, I have a feeling they might be edited out. <laughs> Megan oh, Kelly. I doubt it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Megan. And of course, Megan is the host of the brilliant Megan Kelly Show podcast on Sirius XM. Uh, you can also listen as a podcast too. Dan Wilson here again. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of my podcast, Uncancelled. Did you like what you hear? Well, remember to subscribe, rate and review and join me for more newsmaking interviews, fiery debate and free speech on Dan Wilson tonight every Monday to Thursday from 9pm till 11pm on GB News.